Hey, uh, cheerleading tryouts are down the road. The other church. Look, if you had <laughs> one shot, or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, one moment. <laughs> See that? I've been raining those down all day. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud, he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking how? Everybody's choking now. The clocks run out. Time's up. Over. Plow. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes rabbit. He choke. He's so mad, but he won't give up. Daddy's he know. All right, I'm gonna go easy on you at first on defense. All right. All right. I'm just not ready. My jersey. On. Allison Lumber, tenth grade. Rec league. <laughs> See that rebound? It's like Anthony. <laughs> Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl oh. with a good, I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit and a hat with a bat and a six form part. I wish I was like six foot nine. You playing the two? Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere I go and even in my dreams I can scheme a way to make her mine Cause I know she's living fat Her boyfriend's tall and he plays ball So how am I gonna compete with that? Cause when it comes to playing basketball I'm always last to be picked And in some cases never picked at all So I just lean up on the wall Or sit up in the bleachers With the rest of the girls who came to watch they man ball Dad, y'all, I never understood black weather jocks Got hit with a body in the hospital for talking that mess. I confess it's a shame when you live in a city that's the size of a box. That was nice your sister let you borrow her jersey. This used to be real loose up. She said I wasn't a type. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with a beard. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-four parlor. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with a good, I would call her. I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six four four. I wish I had a brand new car. So far, hang on. The double arch is down. Yeah. That's exactly what we needed. Exactly. When in my car, I can't even get a hello. Well, so many people want a cruise cringe on Sunday. One day I'm gonna have to get in my car and go. You know, I take the one ten until the 105. Get off on good job. Tell my homies. Ninth grade. Ramsey Junior High representing. And these girls keep passing me by. She looks fly. She looks fly. Make me say, my, my, my. I wish I was a little bit taller. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in the I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with a good, I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and six foot four. I wish I was a little bit taller. Oh, praise the Lord. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I was a little bit taller, y'all. I wish I was a baller. I wish I was a little bit taller.
Well, nobody believed me last week, so, uh, so I had to show you some video evidence of my skills, right? Y'all are all looking at me like you hate me. Because you cut the points that Mark scored out. I was going to say, like, exactly. What? What are you talking about? You know what? I'll tell you what. I'll do the same thing I did last week. I'll go back and I'll look and see if there's anything I missed. And, uh, and I'll put it back up. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I missed something. But uh, pretty sure that's how it went down. All right. All right. See, Mark? Cool. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, I used to do this in uh, Texas. Uh, when I was working at a church there, I was a multimedia pastor. It's amazing how good you can make yourself look and how bad you can make others look through editing, right? Now, for those of y'all that don't know Mark, Mark uh, works for the Pelicans. Um, nobody believes that I beat him because I played ninth grade basketball. Some of you could be correct. Um, and uh, so... W- We'll, we'll see. We'll take a look. Um, last week, uh, we talked about defense, and we are in this series called Game Time, and, and I do really appreciate Mark. I said this last week. I do really appreciate Mark being a good sport uh, in all these videos, uh, and, uh, and next week, we'll, we'll see. Maybe he gets some redemption, okay? Um, but we're gonna, he's, he also did a great job of teaching us some basketball skills, and we're going to look at a, a, couple of, a few short videos today. Uh, and today we're going to uh, deal with offense. But last week we talked about defense, and we asked the question, do I play excellent defense against the devil? Do I play excellent defense against the devil? Um, and we saw there was a few times last week where Mark was teaching about basketball on the screen, but... You couldn't tell. Is he talking about basketball or is he talking about our spiritual life? You know, it was, it's one of those things where it's, it's close together. Uh, when you talk about it, you kind of have to step back and say, Wait, which one is this? So we talked last week also about how Jesus is our coach, right? And, and this, you might have heard that before if you've been in church, right? But if you play, have played any sport, every coach should have been there before. Right Where you are at, every coach should have experienced and been there. That's what makes him the coach. That's what helps him to be able to instruct you how to get through what you're going through. Right, And when we look at Jesus, he's no different. Right, Jesus lived a perfect life here on earth. He came here to show us how it is done. Life, that is. And so he experienced temptation, but he did not succumb to it. Right? Not once. He died for our sins and showed us what, what true, full, complete sacrifice for others looks like. He defeated death. He rose from the grave. He's not dead right now. A lot of times people look and they say, Jesus, yeah, he died on the cross. And then in their mind, it kind of ends there. He's alive, right? And so he created us. He knows the perfect game plan for our life. And if we listen to him, then we will win life and last week i'm gonna say it again um we don't look at life as a game but the devil does because he's been around forever he is good at what he does he is a master at every type of sin and so today we look we looked last week at, at the defense we looked at what the the belt of truth right 
the breastplate of righteousness, our feet being fitted and ready to go, even though that, doesn't, that sounds more offensive, it is defensive because you're protecting your, your feet and your heart so that you can go when the time comes, right? We've got the shield of faith, we've got the helmet of salvation. Now, today we're going to talk about the offensive weapons, the offensive weapons. Now, all right, so for those of y'all that are visiting, uh, don't, don't freak out, but we, I'll throw out some questions and, and we have people answer, so uh, don't feel like you have to answer. But, uh, here's the question for you guys. Did anybody play a sport growing up? Anybody? What was your sport? Um, soccer, swimming, and track. Soccer, swim, and track. Who else? Somebody over here. Laura? Okay, all right, yeah. Tiffany? Dance line. No. Dance line. <laughs> Basketball. Basketball, okay, okay. Ooh, I'm glad you changed that answer. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> all right, so, so Mandy, go ahead. Field hockey. Field hockey. Oh, that's nice. You know, that's, that's really picking up down here now. Is it? Lacrosse, right? No. Oh, that's different? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ashamed. <laughs> what is field hockey? What's the difference? Field hockey is essentially just hockey in the grass, except for you have uh, you play on a soccer field size. Oh, oh, yeah, you right. You have a hard ball, of and course. Then your your stick is wooden, and the, the base is shorter than a regular. Hockey. Right, right, yeah. I knew that. I did know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, so um, uh, anybody uh, who who wants to share, what was your off- offensive scheme like? Anybody remember? <laughs> it's too far away. Attack. <laughs> what did you play, Doc? Soccer. Soccer, yeah. He got some yellow cards, too. Yeah. He got what? The foul. The, the yellow cards. Yeah. He got all of them. Josh. So rough, man. Swim faster. Swim faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mandy? When I played soccer when I was um, little, my dad told me, I was probably like 6 to 10, uh-huh. he said, you're bigger than most of the girls out there, so if you just run up and scream at them, <laughs> 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 Did it work? <laughs> I don't know. I think most of them probably just thought I was crazy. Right. <laughs> My dad's not the most athletic person in the world. So. <laughs> Any advantage that you can get, right? Uh-huh. Well, here's the thing. Uh, who taught you this? Was it was it you? That was your dad, right? That taught you. Josh, who taught you uh, attack? Coach. Coach, right? Right. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be your coach that teaches you. with and do I overutilize my offensive <laughs> spiritual weapons? Am I familiar with and do I overutilize, not just utilize, but overutilize my offensive spiritual weapons? So let's jump in. We're, gonna, we're looking at uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Um, Ephesians chapter 6. Last week we looked at verses 10 through 17 or, uh, yeah, 17A, because A is the helmet of salvation. Today, we're going to jump in with 17B, and we're going to look at the sword of the Spirit. Start with the sword of the Spirit. So, verse 17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, the sword of the Spirit is the only overtly offensive 
pain-inflicting weapon that Paul lists here. A sword is not meant to be pretty and looked at. We, we were cleaning out the church next door, helping them out, getting ready for, uh, we had our joint service a while back, and their whole upstairs is, is basically storage, and um, we were up in one room, and it's just filled to the brim with, with stuff, and we're just kind of looking around back there, being nosy. And we found five swords back there. Swords in a church. And so, of course, it's like five or six guys, and we're up there with swords. What are we going to do? You know what we're going to do, right? And, and at one point, you know, I was kind of like, all right, we gotta, we got to chill out here because this is going to get dangerous. A sword is not meant to be looked at. It's not meant to be stored. It's meant to hurt people right? It's, that's what a sword is for. You don't put a bayonet on the end of a gun so that people go, hey, nice bayonet, right? That's not what it's for. And so this is the, the only overtly offensive pain-inflicting weapon that Paul lists here. Now, we don't think of the Bible because the sword that he's talking about is this right here. And we don't think of the Bible as a weapon, do we? You think of it as a book, right? It's, it's, it's a book, and sometimes, you know, if you start in the wrong place, you know, say you're just starting to read the Bible, and you start in Leviticus, you're like, oh my goodness, who reads this stuff? This is crazy, you know, and this is so old-fashioned and all that, you know, but here's the thing. The Bible is incredibly, incredibly powerful, and, and you think, how is it powerful? It's powerful because God uses it to change our hearts. God uses it. When we read this, there's something that resonates in our, our heart. And as, as Christ followers, the Holy Spirit, uh, I don't know, intertwines himself in the words that we read. And God uses that. In fact, the Bible talks about itself as a double-edged sword in Hebrews 4.12. It talks about itself as being powerful. And so, in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. You ever thought of the, the difference between those two? It's like, what? Okay. Joints and marrow. We're getting into the physical. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our hearts. That's what this does. And it's not just because they're words on a page. It's because God is using them, and the Holy Spirit is using them to change our hearts. Jesus himself, and I know in our church we've looked at, at Jesus, when he, him and the devil confront each other, or the devil tries to confront him, rather. He actually uses the word of God to refute the devil. In Matthew 4, 3 through 4, it says, The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, here's what has happened. Jesus has been on a 40-day fast. Somebody comes to you after a 40-day fast. Your fast is over. You're ready to eat and says, you know what? You got the power. Go ahead and just turn this chair into like a big meatloaf, right? Big roast right here. If you got the power, why wouldn't you do it? But here's why he wouldn't do it, because Jesus is following his Father in heaven and not the devil. And so... Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone. In other words, I live on the word of God, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And this is why it is so important that we know and understand Scripture. And Jesus uses Scripture as a weapon to back the devil down. 
Why is it this way? Because the Word of God has all the knowledge, it has all the understanding, it has all the logic. There's a ton of logic. It straightens our mind out in Scripture. And it has all the wisdom that we need to live life. But even more than that, it has the power to beat back the devil and his henchmen. When he is coming after you, seen or unseen, the power that you need is through Christ and through Scripture as he works in your heart. Now, if you go back and read the story of Jesus when he, in the, when he is confronting the devil, you see that the devil never once fought back when Jesus said, you know, quoted this scripture. He never once fought back. What he did is he would try to take scripture, another scripture, and then twist it a little bit. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. That's not what's meant there. And he would reclaim that scripture. Why? Because the devil knows that this is truth. It is the end-all, be-all in truth. Now, I know the world and you may even disagree with that, and that's okay. Listen, all we ask is that you investigate it. All we ask is that you look into this because this is true. Now, like you said, the devil can twist it. He can turn it. He can do things to make it not look right or seem right. But it's true. And when we look at this and say, you know what? I don't know. I, don't, I, th- I disagree. And then we put it on our shelf and let it just build dust. The devil loves that. Remember, we're playing defense against the devil last week. Today we're playing offense. This is your offensive weapon. And so we have to understand that this is the word of God, and God uses this incredibly, incredibly well in our lives. Now, let's go ahead and uh, get some teaching from Mark about uh, basketball. Play that first uh, video, Ron. Offense is going to study defense as much as defense is going to study offense. Okay. So if I'm going to see you go like this, and you're going to cheat this way, I'm going to go behind my back and go this way now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just change directions. Just change directions with a different move. All right, so pretty simple offensive move. Uh, You see the smoothness of Mark. I don't know where that was in the game, but uh, in in training and teaching, man, he's there. So when we're reading the Word of God... Sometimes it will tell us exactly what Mark just did. It'll tell us to change direction in our lives. Um, We have to be, as Christ followers, we have to be incredibly noble and quick and reactionary, not to what Satan is doing to us, but to what God is telling us. We have to be ready to, you know, if the Word of God tells us and convicts us of some sin, we have to be ready to... Repent and stop sinning. If the word of God tells us, you know, I want you to change direction in your life, and maybe the direction you're going in is perfectly fine, nothing sinful or wrong about it, you're just going about maybe your career, you know, with your family, and God says, I want you to change it to this direction. You got to be ready to change. Maybe it's just the fact that the devil is going to come after you in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And God knows that already, and he's asking you to move, to thwart his schemes. The word of God is the Spirit's sword in in our life. And so, I want to ask us, are we familiar 
And do we overutilize the offensive spiritual weapon of Scripture, the Word of God? Do we get into this? Are we familiar with it? Now, and when I say overutilize, I don't mean like, you know, oh, the Word of God, listen, you better come. And, you know, we all know that doesn't work around here, right? You go door to door around here trying to evangelize, you get shot, right? That's the way New Orleans is. Now, for those of y'all that are visiting, I hate to make it sound like it's all like that, but that's what you see on the news. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. So, do you overutilize the weapon of Christ in your family? Let's go to, let's, let's uh, get some more teaching from Mark. Uh, go ahead, Ryan. And the basic positions are where for, for the five guys on offense? Basically, you have five positions. They all can vary. You either can have two guys high, two guys low. Up at the, to- the top of the key and mm-hmm. out on the wings. Or you can have t- the wings on the wing and the two bigs down low. Down low here. It just depends on what type of offense your team wants to run. And who you're playing. And who, who you're playing, but it, it's more so you'll dictate by what you want to do. Okay. And then react after. All right, so let's, let's talk about uh, the routes. you got the mm-hmm. plays. Yes. Is that what you call them, plays? Play. Um, what, what's the basic play? So when I was in college, our basic play was our two bigs high, yeah. our two wings in the corner. Okay, so two bigs here and there, and, and the other guys point. down low and outside. And what we would do is I, the point guard would come off here. Yeah. This guy would roll. Okay. He'd that big would pop, and then it's up to me to make a decision what to do with it. So the you've got two goes. options right there at the very beginning. You have five options still. Five options. Because however the big, they guard me with the ball, yeah. if no one stops me, I go all the way in. Or okay. if the big stays down, I can shoot it right here. Okay. If that big comes to me, I have to look at you, the, you rolling. Right. And there's that guy in the corner. I have to read the two of you depending what got his me man and does. This guy behind me. So if his man comes to you, right. he'll pull out to the wing, okay. and then I hit it right there for a shot. Wow. Make that I miss that one, huh? One of my few misses. Um, so, in the next few verses, Paul is actually abandoning his metaphor of the armor of God altogether. But he's still talking about offensive weapons. Uh, and there's a big debate in theology that really has no place in the church. It's like, well, maybe he's not really talking. Maybe but he, he's talking about the offensive weapons. He's just, he just said, all right, enough of the metaphor. Let me tell you. And so what he says in verse 18, he says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So over the next few verses, you're going to notice something. Remember, this letter was not written to Jason. It was not written to Mark. It was written to the church in Ephesus. Every person in the church as a body of believers. Okay, so he's writing to the church and he says pray in the spirit on all occasions now we've got this tight integration with what paul is saying with the church okay just like mark is talking about five guys you have to forgive the audio up there my battery was was going bad um but mark is talking about five guys on the floor and mark played at at flagler college you were point guard right and so he was talking about his role. When he comes up and he's at the top of the key, he's got four other guys plus himself as an option to make the shot. 
Okay? In the church, we have to look at ourselves as the team. We can't come to church and say, all right, I'm here. What are you going to give to me? What, do I, what am I going to get from the church today? You know what I'm saying? We have to look at this as a team because we have to look at each other and say, how can I serve you? How can I help you? What can I do? What are my gifts? And I talk about spiritual gifts a lot. How can I share my gifts here in the church? And so the church is our team, and we have our positions to play and to take up. And, I, and I've talked about spiritual gifts, but what Paul is talking about here is prayer. Prayer. And it says, the church is to pray in the Spirit. Now, what does that mean? Are we, are we supposed to get super spiritual, right? I mean, should I not come to church unless I I've, you know, feel like I've been perfect for the past week? Right? Should I wait until Stephen or, or Tiffany can you know, really get my emotions going and I'm just feeling it, right? Should I even be up here because you know, if I wasn't feeling it in the songs and I wasn't like, oh, that, that's not what Paul's talking about at all. Here's what Paul is saying. That's what he means by pray in the Spirit. Pray the things of God. Pray the things of God. Don't come to God selfishly. Okay. God, I want a Lamborghini, right? No, you don't. God says, you don't need a Lamborghini. You need me. Come to God as you are. A sinner. If you know Christ, a redeemed sinner, right? Humble. Come humble because you've got no right to approach God with any kind of attitude, right? And come seeking his game plan and not your own. Pray in the Spirit. And then, how often do we pray? Notice what it says here. On all occasions, right? All occasions. Listen, as a pastor, I want to see more people in our prayer time, the, the prayer meeting that we're having on the 13th. I want to see more people here for that than I do in our service. I mean, I love that, that everybody's here. About half of us are here for, for the service. But I want to see even more people in prayer than for our service. And that's only one occasion a month. And Paul says, we need to be praying as a, as a church family on all occasions, right? This is why we have two Facebook pages. We've got our public Facebook page where I throw out all the funny and you know, cool stuff. And then we've got our members Facebook page. And that page, we put some of the same stuff on there, but that page is also meant for prayer. And I really want us to utilize that because um, there's a lot of stuff going on in our church that we really need to be praying for. But in order to pray, we have to get to know each other. And if we prayed, maybe God would heal us. Maybe God would grow us and I don't you know y'all know how we feel how I feel we're not trying to be a mega church we're trying to grow to the point to where we can send people out to start another church right 100 people what is that I don't know here's 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 what we consider that how we consider that when we grow large enough to where uh we don't know everybody and there's a bunch of people it's like well, who who are these people I haven't met them I'll never probably will it's time to start another church Listen, God's taking care of us financially, uh, emotionally, mentally. We're a healthy church with 
30 people. <laughs> How many people can say that? And we've been like that for nine, ten years now. So we'll just grow and then send people out. We're going to trust God. That's, that's how we, we roll around here. Maybe he will uh, bring people into our sphere of influence so that we can share Jesus with them when we pray. I, I don't know what God wants to do, but we have to pray together, and we have to pray together all the time. And I know in our culture it's really hard to do that. But I also know that um, we've got phones, we've got texts, You've got Facebook, we've got Twitter if you wanted to make it public. I mean, we've got all kinds of ways that people can be praying for each other. So what do we pray? Notice what he says here. All kinds of prayers and requests. Anything. You can go to him with anything, right? Provided that you're seeking his will and not your own selfishness. And sometimes you just need to say, God, I don't know if I'm selfish or not. This may be selfish. You change my heart if it is, but this is my prayer. And he will, because you're coming to him just with that honest and humble heart. So seek God at all times with all things in prayer. Let's, let's uh, listen to uh, what uh, Mark has to say on, uh, on alertness here. How do, you know, how do you know to drive the lane? How do you know what you're looking for? How do you know what's going on? Basically, your point guard is your quarterback of the offense. Okay. You have four reads, five reads, including yourself. Right. And you got to keep your eyes open every time. Okay. So basically, I'm going to watch. I have a counter to everything you want to do to me. Okay. If I go this way, yeah. And there, no one helps. I'm going to turn back and go lay there. Okay. It's all based on a read. Okay. Everything's based on a read. You're basically the quarterback of your offense. Okay. They talk about a quarterback going through his progression. A point guard does the same progression. Okay. All the time. All the time. It's, right. it's a constant progression. Right. So everything's reactionary. So if I come off, I'm looking. I might have shot. I might have that. It all just depends. Everything's – it's hard to say what to do because it will change every time based right. on your read. Right. Where a quarterback in football, you've basically got four seconds. You make one call. And then you can re- huddle it up. And it's done where point guard is constantly doing it. You know, you might do it. You might go through your first set of plays. So we run our play, and I come off, and I throw it across the, to you, and the guy closes out, and you don't have a shot. Yeah. And then I come all the way back here, and we call another pick and roll. Right. So I already made four reads right there. Right. And then we might do it again. And then you reset. And reset, and we might do it again. It's supposed to dunk it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I... I, I, I wasn't in AD mode. <laughs> AD is Anthony Davis, our, uh, our Pelicans uh, awesome all-star. Um, now, notice what it says in verse 18, the second part of verse 18. He says, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. When we pray, we're not supposed to just pray, God, I pray for, you know, Claire, I pray for Kimmy, I pray for Lee, I pray for, you know, we're... That's not what prayer is. We're supposed to go to God because we know what's going on around us. In our church, we are to be alert to the spiritual things that are going on. Why? So that we can go to God in prayer. All of these things that catch our attention, we're to go to God in prayer. I don't know if y'all know this, but about half of our church has some kind of a medical ailment. 
long-term medical ailment. And the rest of us have issues of our own, right? And so this isn't just a, a physical thing. This is a spiritual thing. Um, we've got, and for those of y'all that know, we, we've got Nick and, and with Nick and Chelsea. Nick, with, with what was going on with him, he thought he had ALS. And so we just gathered everybody together and we prayed for him. They did the test after, you know, a week later, didn't have ALS. Then they thought it was a brain tumor. Oh, my goodness. We've been praying for him. Wasn't a brain tumor, right? And so they're still trying to figure out what's going on with him and, and all of that. We need to be praying for him. And, and I don't want to tell, you know, that was, that's something that we're, is public in our church. But for, for many of us, we're going through some serious stuff, and we've got some issues. And the only way that we know about these things is if we hang out and get to know people. This is why it's so important that we have dinner together. Because the illnesses that people have are something that are easily shared. It's just that we've got to take the time to, to, to spend with each other to share these things and and the illness that's just a a small example i mean somebody could be going through some real spiritual oppression right maybe some physical depression um maybe it's it's nothing bad maybe you just want to know god's will in your life maybe you're seeking guidance these are things that we need to share with each other so that we can pray um and if we're alert, then that's exactly what we'll do. It says, be alert and always keep on praying for the saints. Now, I'm no saint, but I am a saint because God has cleansed me and made me new with his blood. That's what makes me a saint. And so we need to be praying for the Lord's people in all of these areas. Am I alert and do I overutilize the offensive spiritual weapon of prayer? In other words, do you pray constantly all the time just throughout the day in in uh first thessalonians uh paul says pray unceasingly all the time i think people think i'm weird because i'm always talking to myself but i'm actually praying right leave and i will go to lafayette park and and do you know one lap around because i'm a lightweight she'll do like six if she wanted to but it's two miles around I mean, come on i'm worn out and we'll just, we'll just pray the whole time, going around. Do we pray all of the time? Am I alert? And do I overutilize the offensive spiritual weapon of prayer? Go ahead and play that, uh, that last video. You know, one thing you always have to you hear is teams being unselfish, making the extra pass. Right. And that's really big. So it applies in two different ways. You know, sometimes you pass it if Jason's up at the top. And he passes it to me right here. And the guy, we have a guy in the corner. His man comes, is running at me. Right. I still have a pretty good shot. Right. But I make the extra pass to the corner. And all of a sudden, this guy has a really wide open shot. Okay. So they talk about that making the extra pass. Right. You know, the other thing you have is down low with the big guy. Yeah. Okay. So... So if the big guy's down low, there's one man on him, on his back. I'm so going to toss here, it up to first him. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to survey and look around everywhere. As the big. As the big. I know where I am. Okay. I'm going to put myself in a position where I know where I am. Okay. I'm going to start to move. If no one comes to help on me, I'm going right up to finish. Okay. Now the other thing I'm looking at 
is where is someone going to help? I do that a couple times. They're not going to let me do it anymore. Right. So I'm going to look. I'm going to look. And then this man helps. Then he's going to go to the rim. And I'm going to get my rebound and remake it. <laughs> okay. All right. Now let me, let me ask you something. Mark, uh, I know I didn't prep you for this, but um, did you ever have a bad game? Like in high school, college? You ever have, what, what did you do? If you had a, if you were just having a bad game, during the game or after? During the game, what were you, what were you doing? If, if you were having a bad game, I mean, did you hang on to the ball and just keep shooting, or? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you gotta find different ways to uh, contribute. You know, a lot of times if you pick that up defensively, try and contribute that way. You might try and make an extra pass that you normally would take a shot for. Yeah. No, it's all about confidence, like. You could have a bad game, but still be confident. But then there are games where you don't have confidence, and that's when you usually go sit next to coach. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking up there, and and what you tell say here, you're talking about unselfishness, right? And so, as a church, we are God's team, and we have to be incredibly one unselfish. And two, selfless. Unselfish is the passive version. You need to be unselfish. Selfless is the active version of that. We have to be unselfish in that we're not thinking about ourselves. And we have to be selfless in that we are thinking about others. And so when you have a bad game, you're thinking about getting it to the guy who's on fire, right? Getting it to the guy, especially as a point guard. And in the church, Paul here starts to talk about that a little bit. He, in verse 19, he says, Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Pray also for me. So he's asking the church to intercede for him. And he's basically saying, Pray that the Spirit would speak through me. All right. Now he's in jail right here when he's writing this. And, and for many people sitting here this morning, they need us to intercede for them. Life is really hard right now for many people. And so we need to be intercessory pray, prayer warriors for them. Now, this is more than just shooting up a prayer, okay? Intercessory prayer is real deal praying, Right? This is where you sit and you dwell on their situation and you feel their struggle and their pain right? through empathy. Um, and then you pray through all of those feelings and, and the things that they may be experiencing. That's intercessory prayer. It's not a cold, quick, one-and-done prayer. Okay? It is a prayer of compassion. It is a prayer of tears. It is a prayer that honestly is of exhaustion. Um, and we need those in our church right now, especially with the people who are dealing with these medical issues and family issues. Um, there are too many people who are hurting. And honestly, I'm worn out. I'll start to intercede for and be in prayer, and I get worn out after praying for one person. And I need help in praying for those people. And so I want you to pray with me and pray with Leave and I. Um, and I need you to say, you know, I'm, I'm open. I, 
I'm in Nick and, and uh, Chelsea's corner, right? Throw me the ball, and I'll take some of that weight off of you. I'll help lighten your load. Um, and so I want to ask this question. Am I selfless, and do I overutilize the spiritual weapon of intercessory prayer? Intercessory prayer. And then verse 20, Paul says, Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. That's verse 19, rather. For which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Now, we utilize these offensive spiritual weapons so that we can tell others about Jesus. That's ultimately what it is about. Um, it's not just about us. We would love to be healed, but the reason that we should want to be healed is so that we can say, God healed me. My Savior healed me. He made me whole. So we're not using these weapons for ourselves to live a better life and to be comfortable. And in fact, in our uh, life group this past week, uh, we saw that God is not concerned with our comfortability. He's concerned with our redemption. And so Paul, in prison, when he writes this, because he has been telling others about Jesus and people don't like it, so they threw him in prison. And he's in prison so he can tell others about Jesus. Right? It's all for the gospel. And we read scripture and we know about God so we can tell others. And we pray, for, we pray to Him for others so that they may know Him and may know His power in their lives. We have three weapons that Paul lists here that the Spirit intermingles Himself with that open the door of heaven for us here on earth. Scripture, prayer, and intercessory prayer. I want to challenge us to use them every minute of the day. You may not have your Bible, but I know you've got your phone, right? Everybody has their phone. You can have the Bible. It's an awesome app on your smartphone. You can have it in your mind, and that's ultimately what, what God wants for us. He wants it in our heart so that the spirit within us can, can work as we're just thinking and typing at a computer during work, right? Use these things all the time. And when we do, here's what's going to happen. You are going to thrash the devil. Not because it's you or you're somebody special, but because God, through His Spirit, is working through us. It'll be like Kentucky when they played Montana State this past year. Did anybody see that game? It was 86-28. to 28. It was sad. It was sad. But Kentucky's going to win. They're going to beat everybody. So that's, that's what God does. We will send the devil running like a dog with his tail between his legs. Just like Jesus did when he confronted him. So swing your sword, right? Pray your prayers. Feel others' pain. That's the team I want our church to be. That's the team I want to, to see God use here. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. 
Thank you for your word and how it says that he defeated death, and if he can defeat death, then the devil has lost. I don't know why he's still playing, but I know that he is out to hurt me, and he's out to hurt us, and we seek your guidance and protection with the defensive weapons that you have provided for us, and we seek to fight back with the offensive weapons you have given us. May your word ring true in our hearts and our minds. May the prayers we pray see answers. Yes, no, wait, those answers, all of that is fine because they come from you. And Father, may we cry and mourn for those in our church who are going through difficult times. We pray that as we intercede for them for those who maybe can't even say the things that they want to say themselves, we pray that you, Holy Spirit, will work in their lives and in their hearts and that you will resolve, alleviate the pain that they feel. So, Father, these are the offensive weapons that we know you've asked us to use, and we will use them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.